It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Cha-cha, tracking the storm. Da-da-da, <laughs> tracking the storm. Yeah. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back to another. Hi, everybody. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh, I I'm, 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 I'm trying to get into a rhythm here, and you, you keep messing me up. You make ultra drinking loser. Listen, be nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's my first day. Okay. All right. Well, uh, before we jump into anything from this long list of topics we have set for this week, let's take a quick word from DraftKings. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate America's top-rated sportsbook app, DraftKings Sportsbook is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving away an instant $200 in free bets when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odd boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable and located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome back to another episode of the Track and Storm podcast. This very sick, nasally voice you hear right now is Brandon. Uh, I am joined by Matt and nobody else. Yeah, Alex, uh, his his Wi-Fi decided to be uncooperative today, so uh, we love I you, think, Alex. I think he's full of it. He just didn't want to come listen to me talk all gross into the microphone. He felt like he would get a contact sickness. And I'm insufferable, more insufferable than anything on Kane's Twitter. So, um, Oh, that's know. right. Yeah, so oh, okay. I understand I why Alex yeah. wouldn't want to be around me. I get it. Yeah, yeah, the most insufferable... Well, more insufferable than anything else on Kansas Twitter. Right, right. That's what the review yeah. on the Apple Podcast said. So the the folks obviously love us. They love the Tracking the Storm podcast. Huge positive reviews for Tracking the Storm. Reviews. Which, by the way, you can go and give us a five star right now on uh, Apple Podcasts. That'd be cool. Yeah, we appreciate you. Off the rails already, bye. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of what this week is going to be anyway, because we have reached the very, very boring portion of the summertime. Uh, NHL news is pretty much at a standstill. Uh, the draft's over. The expansion draft's over. Free agency's definitely pretty much over. Out. Yeah, pretty much over. So what do we do yeah. now? That's the question. We can't have fun guests for you every single week. We do have some more planned coming up soon. So don't worry. We won't be this boring every week. But uh, no, we, we're uh, not going to be know. boring. Um we do have a couple items that we can talk about, including uh, the Prospects Showcase roster that was just released. Uh, that event actually looks like a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to seeing that group. The Hurricanes have a stacked little roster. That's um, kind of what I commented on it as soon as I said it. I was like, damn, my roster is stacked. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also happy that we're seeing Nashville's prospects instead of uh, Washington's. Yeah. Um, Washington was supposed to be there. And I mean, you know, they've got they've got some decent prospects. Um Connor McMichael obviously would be a ton of fun to watch, but 
I don't know. There's not a ton of depth. And I think, you know, getting to watch Phil Tomasino play against the guys that he played with this season and, you know, Suzuki, Reese, and Bach might be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Tomasino was like the best player on that team. <laughs> he was That kid's good. He's going to be really, really good in the NHL uh, before too long, I think. Um, or he's going to be Keith Coin. There's no in-between. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. There's no in-between, right? He's either going to be Keith Coin or a nasty NHL player. It makes a lot of yep. sense. That's how it works. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, you know, we've reached the dead point in the off season when I when I saw that notification today and was like, "Ooh, time to get excited about camp invites." Like, it to an extent, it is kind of neat because you do get to see you know the players that are on the team's radar, you know, players that were towards the end of the list that didn't quite make the cut this year for the draft, players they're considering for you know, like AHL depth, for instance. Um, one of the invites, Artyom Serikov, was already signed um, a deal with the Wolves. And, you know, there's, al- there's always the chance that somebody makes uh, a push at the prospects camp, either earns a contract or earns an extended look in training camp. Uh, whether we saw it's, that in the past. Like Yanni Kukunen, I remember, did that. and Victor Rask, even. Victor Rask. Oh, that's um, exactly who I was thinking. Of. It was somebody else I couldn't remember. It was Yeah, his, his first um, – his first – real like push was in at the Traverse city prospects tournament. Yeah, um, I that. And even outside, or, you know, you can look back at development camp when Nick Schilke earned an AHL deal with yeah. the checkers after some good performances a couple years ago. Um, and then outside of the team, there's a uh, Yegor Zamula um, who's now one of the top defensive prospects and Philly's roster. And he just, you know, came in as an invite impressed enough to earn an ELC. And then here he is, you know, Poised for an NHL role. So invites more than likely won't be anything. And I, I think, you know, most of what it is is to take a look at a player and see, you know, get an extra eye on them, see, you know, how do they handle themselves against some other top prospects, and then use that information heading into the next season. Very few players, I think if any, will earn a contract based on their performance. You could see a couple of the, uh, I think, Riley Stotts and uh, I think it's Carter Robertson. We invited two players with the last name Robertson, so forgive me if I'm wrong. You can see those two guys, you know, maybe you're in an AHL deal, but in all honesty, I care more about, you know, our prospects. I'm excited to see, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Hammerla. Robida or and uh, Montgomery, the three, you know, the four guys that we drafted this year. But um, it's going to be fun either way, you know, regardless of how well the team does, it'll be a good benchmark to see where a lot of these players are at. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's really it. I mean, it's, it's, it's prospects. So like, you know, I, I doubt any of these players, I doubt we'll see, many of these players in the NHL this year. I could see Drury, Selgren, and Keane maybe getting a game or two, you know, as like a call-up or something. I could see Jarvis getting a look, but I, I really don't know. Well, we'll do a little bit of, the, of a rundown on the roster real quick, just for those of you that have not, you know, had a peek at it yet. Um, it is the Hurricanes official page that tweeted out, so you can find it pretty easily if you want to. I'm sure it's on their website. Um, but Seth Jarvis, Dominic Bach, um, Jesper Selgren, Ryan Suzuki, Jack Drury, Jameson Reese. I mean, some of the top prospects in the system. I mean, those guys are all, like, top ten. Uh, they're all going to be there. Um, and then a couple of the kids from this year's draft, too, Bobby Orr, Justin Robita. I think Matt just mentioned them by name a minute ago. But um, – that's that's a stacked ass roster. Yeah, like there's a lot of really good players that are going to be there, and that team probably should have designs on winning the whole thing. Not that it matters, winning the little tournament, but yeah, they'll win three games and <laughs> get a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> I mean, like like Matt was saying a minute ago, I, most of those guys don't have a prayer of making the roster, but I think Drury has a good shot. We've talked about that a good bit. I think he'll definitely see sometime in the hurricanes lineup this year and actually i said in my article that came out this past weekend that i just feel like he's the type of guy that once brendan moore gets him in his lineup like he's not gonna take him out <laughs> like yeah he will also get a three-year-long contract yeah. well after he's served his purpose <laughs> right 
Yeah. I'm Um, not going to name names, but (laughs) you know who you are. (laughs) There's other guys that can press the team, too. I mean, especially if the Hurricanes are done, dude. If they don't add anything else, like, this is actually the premise of the article that I wrote that I just mentioned. I mean, maybe Jarvis does end up making the team. And, and, you know, I I don't think they're going to push him. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, well, we're – a little bit of light up front. So we're going to force this 19 year old that's played 40 games since he got drafted into action. Like it's not going to be like that, but it's within fully within the realm of possibility that Jarvis shows up to camp has a full off season of like, you know, an NHL training regimen under his belt and just kind of proves he's ready. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. I mean, this is just back to Matt's point. Like you never know what's going to happen. And this could be the start of a journey to making the hurricanes roster. Hopefully they do just go out and add somebody and make a big trade and bring in a some player that we're not even thinking of so that this roster actually looks a little bit more complete than it does right now. But Leon Dreisa. Anyway, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, right. Yeah, let's go for that. Um I mean <laughs> it's 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 gonna be fun. It's gonna be a nice little training camp primer, you know. The I think camp gets underway like a couple of days later, so it's like a preview to what we're going to see. Most of these kids um, will probably get sent back to their junior teams. Um, at least most of the guys we've drafted. Yeah. Um, I think the one 2020 draft pick, I think he's, he might be one of the only ones other than Jarvis on there is Ronan Seeley. But I think he's going to be kind of a player to watch because this is a contract year for him. Um, you know, obviously getting drafted from the CHL means you have, two years to earn an entry-level contract. And I think with this kid's skill set, I think, you know, um, he's the type of player that's a pain to play against because he's just always in the way. (laughs) Like, Jacob Slavin's obviously really good at that, right? And I'm not comparing Seeley to Slavin, but, like, if if you put yourself in, like, the mindset of how annoying Slavin is to play against, right? Yeah. That's kind of what Sealy is. He's always in the shooting lanes. Yeah. What'd you say? And he's not even he's not even that aggressive. It's just like he knows where to be. Right. And he gets in your yeah, no, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And I'm sure it is extremely frustrating to offensive players, which is why I said that. It's like you can't get in, you can't get any breathing space. Like you're just yeah. suffocating. And he's so fast, he can close a gap like crazy. So yes, yeah, I think he earns a contract. That's that's just me, but um you know, I am excited to see what he brings to the table because I do think his offensive game has taken some strides. But I think we've talked enough about that. I mean, again, and at the end of the day, it is just a prospects tournament and more than likely won't have any real implications on anything. So, uh, Brandon, we've talked a lot about the Carolina Hurricanes this year, I think. Um, last I checked, this is a Carolina Hurricanes podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what we're billed as. I think it's time to talk about the NHL, uh, more specifically the Metropolitan Division, because the Canes are heading back there. We, you know, we miss our uh, actual rivals very dearly. So let's talk about, you know, the Canes have obviously had a huge overhaul of their roster. Brought in, I think, three defensemen, a handful of forwards, and, you know, two new goalies. So... I guess what we should start doing first, right, is, is talk about who the Hurricanes have brought in um, and who has left the team, right? Um, so going down on the list, obviously you've got Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta. Those are the brand new goalies after getting or after letting all three of your NHL goalies walk in Alex Nedeljkovic, Peter Mrazek, and James Reimer. We won't pour salt on any of those wounds right now because y'all have had enough of that. Uh, you've signed Tony Angelo, uh, <laughs> Ian Cole, and you've traded for Ethan Dare. And that's after letting um, Yanni Hockenpah, uh, Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> and that's it. Go. Um, so at forward, basically you're only like, I wouldn't even call these major additions, right? You've signed Josh Levo and you've added Derek Stepan, both both of which are probably fourth line options. Uh, Morgan Geeky's obviously gone due to the expansion draft. Um, 
you need a guy to take his place. So the fourth line, you know, definitely got a little deeper. I think per- this is just me personally. And you still have Andrei Svechnikov to sign, right? So huge changes. Warren Fogel, Brock McGinn, both gone. Uh, Cedric Paquette. So there, there's a an interesting... I think the bottom six and then, you know, the bottom four pairings are going to be very different uh, this, this upcoming season. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you got to think about how, how big the roles were that those players that left were. Because, I mean, obviously Dougie Hamilton's the number one defenseman or top pairing defenseman. He's on your first power play unit. He did a lot of penalty kill. And, like, he's just a very, very reliable home player. Brock again, bottom six player, sure, but huge part of your penalty kill. Um, your late late game protecting a lead units, like you know, I'm so fucking tired, dude. Like, yeah, I, I can't I get can a tell. full like thought out. I feel this like. this podcast might be a little rough this week. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not expect it to be this difficult to formulate full sentences just because I'm sick, but I really feel like shit. So I'm just going to go no, ahead and apologize I'll, I'll like right here. Yeah. <clears throat> um, anyway. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's definitely going to be a very, very new team. Like you're going to have to figure out who's going to fill those roles. What, you know, there's so many different phases of the game that like even the casual fan doesn't really think of. And you know, you have so many like glue guys or just like important pieces that are leaving. And now you got to figure out what that you're going to do there. So it'll be an interesting training camp to see. And maybe Josh Levo or guys like that step up and take on bigger roles. Yes, for Foss is going to be back and he's going to take a big role. I'd, I'd expect he's going to fill a lot of the Brock McGinn role, maybe. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely, I think, a deeper team. But I can't call it better yet. And it's definitely a more controversial team, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, I don't think it is better, dude. Like, I just, I just don't. If any, it, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not better, but I think, I think you know, the defense is deeper. Yeah, it's kind of a, a remark I made not too long ago talking about the defense. It's like it's not as powerful at the top, but it has you know that third pairing. You're actually going to be able to trust now. Yeah, your third pairing isn't just all like a skating tire fire. Yeah, so that's that's definitely going to help out. And maybe that balances the scales a little bit. But the Hurricanes would still be very, very well served, in my humble opinion, to add a top six forward. I think that horse is just beaten to death at this point. We, we, that, I know, you know. I'm tired of talking about it too, but. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. They need They need to add one. I think they're still looking at it, but we'll see what happens. Oh, Aaron said they were. Yeah, we're calling. We're on a first name basis with him now. But friend of the podcast, you know, we talked about how the uh, Hurricanes' third pairing was a skating tire fire last year. And speaking of skating tire fires, let's take a look at the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that was funny. So Columbus obviously is in rebuilding mode. They traded a lot of players this uh, off season. Kept line though. Actually, no. They just traded one. And it's Seth Jones, but, you know, obviously a top player on their team. Um, And they get Adam Bachfuss back. And so that's going to be a difference on their, on their defense. I'm not sure exactly how good he is, but that, you know, he he could make an impact there. They've also traded for, uh, I was about to call him Josh Bean, but nope, Jake Bean. And Bean signed a three-year contract there. Uh, I guess let's start there. What do you think about being to Chicago or to Columbus? I think it's a good move from both sides because Bean still has a lot of potential, but now he gets to go to what is a much more, I mean, I don't want to say like carefree, but like the hurricanes weren't really in a position to give him ice time and say, go make your mistakes and learn. Yeah. If, if, if Jake Gardner was healthy, Jake Bean wouldn't have gotten playing time this year. Right. I think that's just a fact. Probably. Um, so anyway, but now he gets to go to Columbus and they can live with those mistakes. And, right. you know, give him some free reign to go out and 
hopefully make his fair share of offensive plays as well. And it'll just give him the time to develop and, you know, learn by failure. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) This podcast is going to be good. I'm taking a bunch of NyQuil. What do you want? No, I know. I know. Anyway. um... (laughs) (laughs) Let's just move on. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah Columbus is going to be terrible but I think it's going to be really good for Jake Bean's career long term because I think it's going to give him the chance to play a bunch and you know just actually get acclimated to the NHL without every mistake being super magnified because you're in a playoff race yeah um coherent sentence out yes yeah all right um oh. they did also and I I, I'm, I apologize to Cam Atkinson and uh Voracek here Totally forgot that that trade happened, and I'm looking at a screen that says that trade happened. Um, Very weird move. Voracek's good still, but he's 32, I think. I gotta say, he doesn't really add up to what they need right now. To me, it's it's it doesn't make a ton of sense, and I, I get wanting to. Sure I don't understand trading Cam really Atkinson. Good. Yeah, like Voracek's contract is not good. And I guess really the only other addition to Columbus's lineup is adding Sean Corrali. I think it's a solid move. You know, he can play in their middle six and be fine. Four years is a little rich for me, but hey, you know, it's fine. Columbus, I think, is definitely going to be a bottom feeder in the Metro this year. Um, Well, and the division is still so damn good. (laughs) What'd you say? The division is still going to be so good. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that could, that is still competitive. I mean, you know, they have Patrick Laine, Boracek's still fine. They've got Nyquist, Bjorkstrand, um, even Max Domi, who I still think is, you know, a decent player. Um, On defense, they've got Wierenski. He's about it. I'm sorry. I, I don't think Jake Bean's going to be good with Columbus. I disagree with you. <laughs> oh, maybe and their goalies are long term. Was my point, not this year. Yeah. No, I. I also meant long term. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I think their goalies are the biggest question mark on that roster too. I mean, depth, everything's a question mark on that roster. You know. So Didn't we like had multiple times have conversations about how much upside Jake Bean still has, and now you're gonna turn around just because he's not with the Hurricanes anymore. Is that it? Uh yes. Part of part of me isn't con- isn't convinced that he can't like I, I think he still has upside. I just don't think Columbus is a good fit for him. Granted, I haven't seen how their new coach is, but given the depth on that, like the lack of depth on that roster, it seems unlikely to me yeah and they could very well push him in like a top four role right off the bat and that might not be the best thing for him either i don't know like right and you know again bean does have a ton of upside yeah i don't know i'm not gonna lie yeah he he has top four upside but i think my question is is he really going to reach it with columbus yeah that's 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 a fair question yeah so that's where I stand on that. Um, I'm not turning on Bean just because he left the Canes. I just I, – I don't know anything about Larson as a coach, man. Um, and I don't necessarily trust that, uh, that system. But that's, again, just me personally. All right, now we get to talk about the New Jersey Devils and get sad. Uh, yeah. When they beat us in the standings, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, I mean, New Jersey's going to be a team a, a team to follow this year. Uh, they have a lot of young talent that's developing. What's where's Nico Heischer? Was he hurt last year? I didn't watch any New Jersey last year. Just yeah, he was hurt. Out there. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, Heischer only played in twenty one games, so he was he clearly is going to be back, and he's he's a top player for that team. Uh, you have Jack Hughes, who's only going to get better and better, right? Jack Hughes had his moments last year. Okay, I said I didn't oh, watch for sure. New Jersey, and then I remembered in the beginning of the year I actually did watch some of their games because I wanted to see Sharon Govich and Kuoka and a few other young players. I just kind of wanted to watch Ty Smith. Yeah, um, and Ty, Ty Smith is going to be great, I think, he's too. Really good, really good already. Um, yeah, the, I mean, it, it's still a team that lacks depth. Yeah. Um, 
they have Heisher Hughes and, you know, Tatar was a really nice addition for them. Hamilton was a huge addition for them. Obviously. I think Bernier gives them a better goaltending, like a better goaltending option than uh, Scott Wedgwood, for instance. Mackenzie Blackwood's backup. pretty good too, isn't he? Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he's an upgrade over Black. Right, right, for the backup role, yeah. Or Wedgwood, sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, yeah, so, I mean, they'll be interesting to watch. And, and that's what I was saying a minute ago, was when I did watch some early New Jersey games last year, Jack Hughes was flying. And I was like, yeah. this dude looks like a totally different player than he did in year one. And then he kind of fell off as the season went along, and he, he wasn't great. Yeah. But he still has massive potential, and this is probably going to be a big leap forward year for him. Yeah, so New Jersey could be a scary team, man. Um, yeah. They they also traded for Ryan Graves from the Colorado guy, Avalanche. Yep. Um, a player that, you know, could see top four minutes on this team. I think he probably and, will. Yeah, P.K. Subban. Like he's really, really – he's just a solid all-around yeah. kind of guy. Subban, I mean, it's tough because, you know, he very clearly isn't the player he used to be. Um, I still think he's fine. He's just not worth, you know, the $9 million that he's making. Right. So this New Jersey team could surprise a lot of people. I I think they're close to the playoffs. I'm not entirely sure yet because I I do think their roster lacks depth, but I think, you know, if they add a piece or two at the deadline, man, this could, this, this could be a dangerous team. That's just me. Yeah. I think it's a team that could contend for a playoff spot. I don't think they take one away from the Canes, but they might take one away from, you know, like another middling team in the uh, Metro. Oh, maybe this is the year Pittsburgh misses. <clears throat> not $3 million contracts to Brock McGinn could be. All <laughs> right. So before, before we hit that, no, we, we do have the two New York teams and uh, the Islanders were quiet this year. Uh in fact, the only player that they've signed was their own player, Adam Pellick. So I'm curious, what's your what's your take on the Islanders and where they're at as a team? I mean, clearly we know they are a good hockey team and their system works. They still have to sign Bavillier. And Sorokin, my God. I never know what the hell to make of the New York Islanders. Like that's just the truth. Like yep. They're the weirdest team because it's just on paper, they're just not impressive to me at all. They got Matt Barzell and then a bunch of okay, <laughs> he's cool, right. I guess. Um, I, I like their young defense, I like Ryan Pulak a lot, I like Noah Dobson, <sighs> Scott Mayfeld. Yeah, Scott Mayfield's good. I, I just I feel like I never know what direction they're going. I don't know. I, you know, I really like Michael Dow Cole too a couple of years ago. <laughs> and then he turned into a huge bus. And I think ever since that happened, I like just don't want to pay attention to him. <laughs> uh, He's also um, not an Islander anymore. Is he? I, I'm not surprised by that. Cause he's not an NHL player, but yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's just, I, they, they're not a team that like concerns me. And like, you think back to the playoff run, like obviously we kind of, marked them but like they just seem like a very regular season kind of with their trap style and yeah. defensive style like they always get through everybody but then when the playoffs come around a more talented team takes them down as we saw two years ago um or three years ago now yeah. whatever the hell the hurricane swept them uh 2019 that's three years ago now or three two. Ago. Was, yeah so really the only addition that the islanders made was they traded nick letty which, you know, okay. And they got Richard Ponick in a second-round pick back. And Ponick, he always has the, like, weird goal-scoring stretch. He has the Brock McGinn, you know, where he'll score five goals in five games and then disappear off the face of the planet, right? Yeah. On the offensive side of the puck. Brock McGinn lovers don't hate me. Like, Ponick, I don't think, is a positive addition to this team, but I don't think it's a negative addition to this team. He's just an addition. So when you're looking at the context of the Islanders, they're staying the same, which, they, you know, they do have two big RFAs in Sorokin and Beauvillier to sign, right? Yeah. It's just one of those things where, you know, 
they won't improve. They'll still be a threat, but I mean, this is almost to a T the exact same team. They just don't have Nick Letty, and instead they have Richard Ponick. So I, I, I think the Islanders are still a playoff team. But let's go to the Rangers, um, a, a team that obviously has had some changes and a team that might be close to being ready for a wild card spot. They could really use one more player like a, um, like a Pavel Buchnevich. I think that kind of player hmm. is really missing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that would be a really good player to have, I think. Um, man, and it, it's so I don't crazy. like anything Drury has done since he's taken over. <laughs> the, the Rangers have had a very strange offseason. Yeah, they have. Because almost every – other than Patrick Nemeth, which, by the way, not a terrible addition for that team, gives them some stability, I think, you know, as like a fifth defenseman, I think. But <laughs> all of the additions that they've made have just been gritty players. Yep. He's trying to win in like 1974. The Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson must have like insulted Chris Drury's family <laughs> to make Chris Drury this mad. Because like every single, I mean, the one good thing I can think that the Rangers did this offseason was trade Brett Howden, because I don't think Brett Howden's a good player. You trade for Barkley Goodrow's rights, right, which is fine. And then you sign him to a ridiculous contract. Yeah. Like, yeah. a six-year contract for Barkley Goodrow. And then... You give Ryan Reeves actual NHL money. <laughs> which makes no sense to me. You trade Pavel Bushnevich, who is a good NHL player. Really good. Like, player. I don't think he's a top line guy. You know, he's he's like an okay second line guy, but really good, you know, middle six player that can play, you know, second, third line minutes. To get Sammy Blah, who again. I'll, I'll say it like Barkley Good. I thought it was Blay. It's Blah. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That's pretty sick. I like him a lot more now. Yeah. Sammy Blah. Nope. Again, he's a fine NHL player. He's he's a good third line winger, but he is a direct downgrade from Pavel Buchnevich. So again. The Rangers, I, I think this offseason, they've added some depth. I think Nemeth is a solid addition on the back end. They needed one of those. Um, I, I, I don't, I hate the term for Goodrow, but I don't hate that they went out and got him, if that makes any sense. Oh, it definitely does. I think any way you look at it, getting rid of Jack Johnson's a plus. <laughs> Addition, um, right? And you know, you don't, you don't really. They didn't really get rid of any bad, or like any. You know, they didn't have any big losses on their team. Brandon Smith, you know, Patrick Nemeth's an upgrade over him. So, sure. Well, what it all comes down to for them is Alexi Lafreniere. Yeah, right. He's he's gonna have to, he and Kako are gonna have to bounce back, man. Right. They need to have big seasons, and that's totally inside their own possibility. Like Lafreniere, yeah. I made it a bit to dunk on him every chance I got, mostly because I was salty that the Hurricanes handed him to New York, basically, effectively, yeah, really indirectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not really. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. Shut up. Uh, but again, like. He's still one of the most talented prospects to come into the NHL in recent years and oh, for sure. is going to have a very, very good NHL career. Yeah, he had he had some bad rookie moments, but yeah. um but yeah, he was more unlucky than anything still. And um also you got Kako, who had like a very, very strong defensive season, 
which like I didn't really realize that until like later. Like he had like some of the best defensive metrics among forwards in the league. That's <laughs> yeah, interesting. It's um, just uh, he he leaves a lot to be desired offensively right now. Yeah, which, and um, it's, it's kind of weird because if I had been the um, Devils GM back in 2020 draft, I would have taken Kako. Right. Or 2019, whenever the hell it was. Yeah, it was 20, back in the Hughes Kako uh, draft, I would have taken Kako. It was 2019. You're right. You're right. It was 2019. Okay, whatever. Um, I probably would have taken Kako at the time. And yeah. probably in retrospect, it looks like. <laughs> New Jersey made the right move, but he's, he's another player that has a ton of offensive potential, you know, in Finland, he looked really, really good. Yeah. And they've and, got, um, Kravtsov as well, who should yeah, be Kravtsov coming over. Um, and then on the back end, they've still got a ridiculous pipeline with guys like Niels Lundqvist and, um, Keandre Miller. Yeah. Keandre Miller could be really good this season. Yeah. What, what it comes down to me is this Rangers team, you know, what they're going to need this season is they're going to need to get offense from people outside of Panarin, Kreider, Zabanajad, and Strom, and on the back end, Fox and Truba. Yeah, it needs well, I mean, to happen. Talk about that core that you just mentioned. Like that team, if things break right, like it's not a big stretch to think they could be a legitimate contender, and sure. especially with the added depth that they've got. And and well, the depth, yeah, is what I'm what I'm. Let me restart that. Especially when you take into account that that depth could become, you know, Vitaly Kravtsov, Alexi Lafreniere, and Capo Cago. You know, if those three guys step in and start to look like the elite prospects that they are, then that's... Yeah, maybe you've got something. Yeah, especially with, you know, Shesterkin in goal, who looks like one of the best goalies in the NHL already. So, yeah. It's just a team that I don't think improved all that much. Sure, and and and... You know, it, in so many s- situations, it seems to come down to, like, chemistry really matters. And, and, yeah. and for some reason, the Rangers just seem like one of those teams, kind of like with, like, Toronto. And I don't know if chemistry is even the right word. It's just like something's not meshing right. And yeah. sometimes I feel like New York's kind of the same way with this current group. And things could change this year, like I said, and all of a sudden they could prove me wrong. But, like, the way things have – gone for them the last few years i wouldn't be that surprised if they just kind of fizzled out for one reason or another even with all that talent even if lafreniere and those guys like take a step forward yeah and there's there's a lot of hefty contracts on that team yeah um obviously zabanajad is going to deserve a bigger raise but more importantly so is adam fox and a guy that won the Norris at 23 is going to want oodles of money. Yeah, he's going to want to get paid a little. So this this Rangers team might need to have a good season because it's very possible that they lose some of the talent on their roster next, like the season after. But let's talk about the team that had a very interesting offseason in the Philadelphia Flyers. I think they were one of the most active teams in general. Whether or not, you know, and some of these moves were good is up for debate. But I think where, where it start, needs to start is all the trades they've made first. Because they made five of them, or four of them, excuse me. Yeah. First, they traded for Ryan Ellis. I like that um, move. Uh, trading Myers and uh, Nolan Patrick. Yeah, I like Phil Myers and Patrick kind of is a sad case because I think he would be a lot more of an NHL player than he is right now, if not for the concussions. But um, yeah, it seems like every time he started to gain a little traction, he had another one and it just... Or he had, you know. um, or were the, it was like seizures or something, right? Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, been, it's been tough. It's been a tough career for them for him. So I think he's headed to Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. So hopefully that'll be a good spot for him. Uh, to, he's, to he's wind another up. guy. It's like really talented. He just and he's not really you know your prototypical top pick because he he's never going to be like a you know forty goal scorer point per game player. But he's just a solid player when he's on his game, and I, I still think he could carve out a really good NHL career. For sure, I agree totally. Yeah, but then getting trade. getting Ryan Ellis was big for them because yeah, that blue line not too long ago they used to be talked about as like one of the few teams that could kind of stack up with the hurricanes 
Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think that the Flyers, you know, obviously with Goss Despair, you know, he was he was traded to Arizona. I was going to get to that next, actually. Um, you know, he their defense took a hit in a variety of different ways, and a lot of the guys are just getting old. Like Justin Braun was a nice addition. He, he's just older now, you know. So I think that. Um, Trading Goss despair probably needed to happen. I don't think he was a fit in, in Philly. But then you go out and replace him with a guy who's literally worse in Rasmus Ristolainen <laughs> and give up Robert Hag, who is a decent bottom pairing defenseman. And he'll be a solid depth addition for the Sabres, I think, right? Yeah. So Ellis, great addition. I think that contract's going to look really bad in like three to four years when he starts to slow down a bit, right? But you have, you know, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim. You added Keith Yandel, who's not terrible. He's okay, you know. He's good offensively. <laughs> right. For the, for the, for the money they, they signed him for, it's not bad. You've yeah. added Cam Atkinson, who, you know, I think is a downgrade from um, Voracek, but he's cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, you really like what they did defensively until you see Rasmus Ristolainen. But yeah, like <laughs> I understand. I, I totally like Ellis. I, I I like betting on Carter Hart. Right, that defense should still be good with Ristolainen because they still got pro. Yeah. I like Travis Sanheim a lot. I've liked him since. I do. T- I like their defense. It's again, it's just Ristolainen, <laughs> and again, it's for one year though. So it's like, it's for one year. If he doesn't work, let him go to free agency. Let him be somebody else's problem, right? Right. But at the same time, you're adding Rasmus Ristolainen for a year. And I, I think this might be a bit of a rebuilding period for the Flyers. Their core is getting old. JVR is 32. Giroux is 33. And on the last year of his deal, you've got a handful of prospects that are looking like they're going to be something, but... Just a lot of your team is is older. Justin Braun and Keith Yandel, both on one-year deals, are 34. You've got Carter Hart. I think Carter Hart should have a bounce-back year, barring, you know, Rasmus Ristolainen messing things up. But any way you look at it, Martin Jones is a downgrade over anybody. So I think the Flyers improved, but I, I don't know if they're a playoff team or not. I mean, where do we think they're going to finish? Because every year when people think the Flyers are going to be good, they're terrible. And every year people think the Flyers are going to be terrible, they're really good. Yeah, I don't, so it all I don't know. Yeah. on what the analysts say. Whatever they say, it's going to be the opposite. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. And that, that's, that's what's so tough. Because the Flyers have really good pieces, right? It's just I don't know what's going to happen. Well, the NHL, man, it's just such a crapshoot, which is why yeah. I don't know. It's the same so now thing. we're going to talk to our favorite about our favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Brock McGinn's. Obviously, they they lost Jared McCann, who was a huge um, player for them this season. And I mean, I'm not going to say he was a direct replacement, but I do think that uh, Brock McGinn was their addition to kind of mitigate the uh, Jared McCann loss. Yeah. Personally, I think that's a downgrade, but again, you know, it's, it's, it's not awful. And I, I, I think McGinn is fine. Danton Heinen is another player that they added. I think, you know, he could be something for the Penguins. I think the Penguins are more or less the same team. I think McCann is a tough loss and McGinn is worse but it's not bad. And you've added Danton Heinen, which, you know, okay. None of the um, losses for the Penguins were that bad. I think they got rid of Cody Cece, which is automatically just something good. <laughs> um, oh, like Jack Johnson, addition by subtraction. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, you know, the Penguins are more or less the same team. I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be, you know, probably, I don't think a top three team, but definitely a wild card team in this division. Not really much else to say about them. How healthy are they? That's what it comes down to. 
that is, that is that is a concern. And Malkin if is in a contract Malkin year and Crosby at thirty-five. Can stay healthy; they'll be great. Yeah. If not, they won't be very good. <laughs> like, and can Jason Zucker be the player they traded for? Right. Yeah. Dodge the bullet with the Canes not going after him, huh? Yeah. Right. That was something. Yeah. I was upset about that one too. Little aside, real quick, because I just saw this on Twitter. Eric Jelena just paid for hockey equipment for 15 children in his hometown uh, to go to hockey camp. So like that guy. Yeah. He seems like a really nice guy. Um, This isn't the first time he's done that. It's apparently the fourth year in a row where he's done something like this, which is really cool because he spent the past two seasons out in Europe, probably making less money. So the guy very clearly cares about hockey in the community. And those are the type of people we want on the team. Same with Ethan Bear, who was, you know, doing the exact same thing for kids in his hometown, right? But yeah, I think I think that's really there's not too much left to say about Pittsburgh. Um, so let's move on. Thank God we don't have to visit Tampa again. So it is just Washington that we have left. Thank God. Um, I can go back to sleep. Right. Yeah. Brandon, we've we've run this podcast on long enough. We need you to get some rest. <laughs> The only change via free agency that the Capitals made is letting Zidane Chara go. Huge loss. And via trade, they traded. You asshole. Right. right. A six foot nine loss. Nice. Sorry. I hate myself. (laughs) They did trade Brendan Dillon away. So I think their defense got worse. Like Chara kind of, you know, whatever. Like, I don't see that being a huge deal, but losing Brendan Dillon is, is a decent shut up <laughs> is a decent loss for that. Right? Huge. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, sorry. It's defensively. Nice. The capitals are, uh, are worse. <laughs> this podcast go. is going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listeners, maybe pick a different one to, to rate us on. <laughs> yeah. Don't rate us on this one, please. So yeah, the the Caps are they're more or less the same team. They did lose Dylan, who's a big part of their defense, but um, really again, it's they're the same team, regardless of um who they lost. So, I guess the last thing we could talk about is you know which teams lost which players, right? You know which which teams took a big bit of a hit. Kane's obviously lost Morgan Geeky, but. With the additions of Stepan and Levo, I think that, you know, the, the Hurricanes improved on that. Geeky wasn't going to get an opportunity here. And, you know, that's a spot where you can get more of a veteran to fill that role. Um, Columbus didn't really lose anybody of consequence. The Devils lost Nathan Bastion, who I think might have potential. He's been an okay NHL player, but more of a depth guy. Really nobody... Brandon Tanev is a huge loss, actually, for the Penguins. So the Penguins might have actually gotten worse with losing Tanev. Yeah. And the Islanders, I would argue that since they didn't make any moves and lost Jordan Everly, that's a pretty big hit to their team. Well, it's like all the same with them. It's like Everly's another one of those players. It's like, yeah, he's good. He's not, he's not really remarkable. Sure, but, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a top six forward they're losing. They have 10 you know? other ones of those guys that they can just plug into his spot. Right. But yeah, regardless, I mean, I think, you know, the, the Metro's pretty much stayed the same this offseason. Really not, not many teams changed. Yeah. I think, you know, Columbus and Philly were the biggest changers. And then obviously the Canes had a bunch of change in their organization. Um, the, the teams at the top stayed pretty much where they are. And I'd put the, I, where they are. I put the Canes in that group because, you know, looking at some of the changes that the other teams in this division made, like, I don't see the Canes as issues being as prevalent now you know like the islanders the top team lost jordan everly like we said you know they have guys that can replace him but you know still a pretty big deal penguins lost mccann and tanev and replaced them with two players in heinen and mcginn that i think are worse frankly so the Metro is still going to be a competitive division. I'd argue that it's still going to be, if not the best division in hockey, it's going to be one of the best. But I'm hoping that this kind of makes Kane's fans feel a little better, seeing that, you know, not a lot of Metro teams improved. 
it wasn't one of those off seasons where it was like every other team in the Metro was getting better. And there were the Canes just sitting there being complacent. Well, isn't that what last off season kind of felt like, like the Rangers got Lafreniere and like, yeah, but like so many things I, I, I can't remember, especially right now. I can't remember them because I've taken a bunch of night world, but <laughs> I feel right. like that was just like last off season. Everybody was like, Oh my God, the Metro got so much better. And the Hurricanes didn't do like that much. They just added yes for fast. Right. So, so, you know, see how it turned out. I I think that the Canes are going to be fine. Um, Prediction time. What'd you say? Who wins the Metro? Who wins the Metro? Ooh. I, the Canes have a shot, man. I don't know if they'll do it, but I want to. I want to say the Hurricanes too, but I'm gonna need like I'm thinking it's the Canes or the Capitals. <laughs> so the, until he's 40 years old, Washington Capitals, great yes. deal, guys. What's the yeah? Area? So I think it's still gonna be Carolina or Washington. I think my maybe the Islanders. The, the Islanders could. I mean, like you said, they're a regular season beast. Oh, good point. I think the playoff teams in this division are Carolina, Washington, not in this particular order per se, just, just for the hell of it right now. Carolina, Washington, Islanders. I'll take Those Carolina, are, Washington, and the two, the two New York teams. Uh, I think that sounds right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that Pittsburgh edges out the Rangers in the wild card. And then I'm thinking the fourth wild or the other wild card spot goes to somebody in the Atlantic. Yeah. So it's just because, again, I don't think the Flyers are moving in the right direction. I think they took a step back. Maybe that's just me, but I don't think they're quite that good. I think Columbus is obviously a rebuilding team. I, I think New Jersey might be a team that surprises, but ultimately I think their depth is going to be an issue. Um, the Metro is still a scary division though. We don't know what's going to happen, but Brandon, unless you've got something else, I think that's it for me. Uh, nope. Ow. All right. So I'll keep this uh, outro short because I know Brandon needs to go uh, take a nap. But folks, we thank you so much for tuning in every week. Like we said at the beginning, rate us on Apple Podcasts so that one curmudgeon that thinks I'm insufferable can go. Um, well, you know, you know where I'm going with that. That wasn't our only one star review, by the way. All right. But folks, we are excited to bring you some more content. I, I don't want to confirm just yet, but I'm like 95% sure that we will have another guest next week. And hopefully we'll have Alex this time. Uh, Alex, please fix your internet. I don't know who that is. Right. Otherwise, we are going to have to get a replace you because Brandon has forgotten about you already. And uh, <laughs> TikTok, my friend. TikTok. Well, folks, anyways, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Bye, everybody. Love you. Bye. Tracking the storm. <laughs>